welcome into Poke the Bear episode 77, the Raymond Bork episode. No issue there. No, no wondering who it is because we're getting into that, uh, that, that, that space in Bruins numbers where, you know, you never know if anyone was that number, but 77, yes. Ray Bork, obviously, but rings I'm Evan Marinovsky. Yeah, rings the bell. I'm Evan Marinovsky. That is Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Now people are going to bet the hell out of the Bruins this weekend because you said doing great. You know, simple. Oh, doing yeah. great. Good vibes all know. around here. Everybody gets smoked yeah. in Minnesota now that I said that. But <laughs> yeah, good vibes. You know, you know, it's all about having a, a good mindset, right, Evan? So let's start on let's start on a good foot here. Growth mindset, positive mindset. That's all that matters, right? Today's a positive, fun, reinforcing episode. I think that's a good thing. We need that. We haven't had that in a while. Um, I haven't had it like but- all season. <laughs> No, not <laughs> really. Yeah. yeah, even now people are like, "Oh, it was the Sabers, the Red Wings, and the Devils," and it's like, "Well, that's not entirely yeah. false." Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about there. it later. <laughs> anyways, anyways, um, how was your New Year's? I have not talked to you since New Year's. So how have, uh, how's twenty twenty two treating you? Uh, uneventful so far. The Bruins are doing well, which makes it uh, a good start to the year. I don't have nearly as much doom and gloom. Uh, we haven't, you know, my, my Q and A's, my mailbags aren't filled with like time to blow it all up or when a guy's getting fired. So again, as you said, and we'll talk about it later, taking care of the teams I should take care of, but all in considered, they're, they're, they're doing their job, which is all you're, all you're looking for for this team right now is just get some traction. And in terms of me, nothing much has been going on. Just, just covering hockey. The schedule's ramping up, so I'm not going to have a lot of free time anyway over the next couple of months. But as long as the Bruins are doing well, it makes the job a whole lot easier, right? Oh, absolutely. Keeps it keeps it more fun, and you know our replies aren't, as you said, doom and gloom and all those things. Uh, now, it's the just, DMs. now it's people now it's people just being mad about Tuka Rask, which like, yes. yeah, yeah, the sky's blue. Shocking. It's it's coming. Well, one big development of you from 2022 is TikTok. You are now TikTok famous. You are like the Charlie D'Amelio of Bruins uh, TikTok. Do you even know who that is? I have no friggin' clue who that is. Oh, I'm assuming it's someone who tough. I'm assuming it's someone who dances to like a loud luxury song. Well, you wouldn't be entirely false. She was okay. like, that, she was like safe 15 to... or 15 or 16 when she first like blew up on TikTok. And now is like, I think the most followed person on the app, but that was a few okay. years ago. Well, I, I, still huge, I have a long so. way to go. I'm not, I haven't You're... gotten to the point yet where my, my buddy Kevin, uh, texted me and it's like, you should do like one of those things where you dance and then like point at all like the COVID updates, like of <laughs> how many guys are on the shelf. I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not getting that far. I'll do like a I'm time lapse. I'm stealing that idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm stealing that idea. Yeah. I'm doing like a time lapse <laughs> of like, you know, the, the God and Bull gang switching from the ice to the parquet for the Celtics, but I'm not, I'm not dancing yet, yet. We'll see what happens. Yeah. If the, yeah. the Bruins no, the Bru- yeah. just tank and we're into like April and like they're just blowing it up, then we might have to start dancing. But right now, I think we're good. If they tank, you start dancing. If they win the cup, you gotta do, you gotta become just a full dance TikTok. That's like your whole yes. account. Uh, not just like, not just like Bruins. It's just like dance. I mean, hey, know? I'll declare it now. If the Bruins win the cup, yeah, I'll do like 10 dance like TikToks in a row to whatever songs yes. you want, Evan. It could be like <laughs> three. I, I could give a shit. Well, I, no, I, I, I will pick two of the songs, but the other eight will be listener picks. Okay, keep the people I'm involved. absolutely so people horrified. Keep involved as well. Yeah. Well, now you better hope they don't win the cup. I'll do. I'll get it on this too because I think that'll be okay. a fun, uh, fun thing someone's to gonna, do. Someone's gonna cl- spoke Z is gonna clip this now. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Learning TikTok dances because when I was in college for the past couple of years, friends would always do it. Like you know, when you were about to go out, they'd be like, "Oh, come on, try to learn this TikTok dance." And I could never. I, I am not musically uh, gifted in any way. I, my body, 
my body moves while playing hockey. That's about it. I, you don't want to see me dance. Um, but, uh, yeah, no. So interested to see, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the evolution. Yes. The content. That is the perfect word I was looking for. Uh, my 2022 has been whatever. It's been fine. It's been recovering normal. from your ski incident. Put that yes. in the past in the review. There's no more scars. It's done. I'm good. The only inconvenience is my contacts haven't come in yet because everything takes so long to come in these days and, uh, everything, you know, the world is falling apart at the seams. So my contacts are probably on a ship in like Egypt, just waiting to be shipped here. Uh, Stuck which is in the Suez be... Canal. Already. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, anyways, to Bruins things. People always get so mad when we take time for. <laughs> what the fuck shit. are they talking about TikTok for? What is TikTok? You're the crotchety uh, old people who uh, hate Rask. You know, what is this TikTok kids are talking about? I mean, come on. Oh, geez. Um, anyways, uh, we have some news to discuss first. Thomas Nosek is out with COVID. It was announced Wednesday morning. He is another one, yet another on the shelf with COVID. It's him and Carson Coleman right now, right? And a couple of and, staffers. And, is Jake, that what it is? and Jake DeBrusque. Oh, my God. And Jake DeBrusque. Wow. He's still, on, okay. he's still on the team, Evan. Forgot he was still here. Uh, but Tomas Nosek is out, which is tough for him, obviously, A, because he has, has COVID. <laughs> but B, B, what is uh, bad for the Bruins and for his hockey play is he was starting to look great on that fourth line. And not just starting to. I mean, I felt like in the first half, which didn't feel like a half, but in the first few months, he was fine on the fourth line. Like, I never looked at him as an issue. Um, you would have liked to see a couple more, you know, a little more production, but he was still fine on that fourth line. Now it's really tough because that fourth line was really starting to get going. Yeah, absolutely. I think you look at, obviously, you know, we'll talk about just this kind of three-game win streak and the fact that they've had so many guys kind of step up. But, yeah, especially look at that fourth line. I mean, I asked Bruce Cassidy about it after the game on Tuesday, and he was, you know, flat out said that fourth line was their best line. I don't think it was even close, right? I mean, not just the fact that, you know, uh, you had two guys scoring, Lazar and Frederick. Granted, some fortunate bounces, which – Let's be fair. How many times have we talked about like how little puck luck the Bruins had? Like it was due to finally like regress back to the mean. So that's good there, but not just the offensive production, but you know, they were, uh, you know, hemming the devils in their own zone. They were really limiting the shots, uh, against Olmark when they were out there for a shift. So really encouraging stuff over the last couple of games, whether it be that contest against Detroit or that win against, uh, New Jersey. So for the Bruins, yeah, it's tough when, I think you're finally seeing, you know, guys when they're healthy in the lineup and especially with these latest lineup, you know, switches, production being there. So to lose a guy like Nosek, again, is it, you know, losing Pasta or McAvoy? No, but, you know, Nosek was a guy that seemed like he was turning a corner, was really meshing with guys like Frederick and Lazar, Oscar Steen, who we'll talk about later. So uh, just having that kind of dependable guy down the middle. Cassie kind of talked about it today on Wednesday that, you know, where they really miss him on that fourth line, you know, yeah, you can put Trent Frederick in and he'll do a solid job for uh, playing down the middle for what you're looking for out of that line. But Nosek especially was so good at the faceoff dot that you're kind of really going to miss that in terms of getting the puck, especially D zone draws, um, you know, maintaining possession, limiting the amount of time you have in the, in your own zone. So uh, that'll be an adjustment, I think for a guy like Frederick or Lazar who have been kind of, so-so on the draw so far uh, over this past season. So uh, tough hit. Again, not like a, a cataclysmic, you know, cataclysmic loss that, you know, all of a sudden you're losing like a, a top six guy. But still, a guy that uh, is really important for driving play on that fourth line and a guy that, especially over these last couple of games, seemed like he was really kind of putting it together and getting rewarded on the score sheet finally. 
Yeah, it's funny. You know, you mentioned the the fluky goals going in. That's the only way they could beat Mackenzie Blackwood. Remember I mean, last yes. year when they just couldn't beat him? So now they had to resort to just like Mickey Mouse, you know, ping pong like goals to. Well, and, beat and him. then and then you literally had like that grade A chance from Bergeron that he like like robs him <laughs> on too. So like he subs those, but then he has these random like ones that are like banking off of him and all that stuff. That yeah, it, whatever. I mean, you look at just the fact that how much the Bruins have not had goals like that, just fortunate bounces go their way. Again, we said it was, it was destined to at some point, I don't think you're going to see them all of a sudden start, you know, doing bank shots every single game, right? Or any, <laughs> like it didn't have fluky goals, but a game like that was overdue for this team where you get some luck go your way and it leads to actual tangible scoring, uh, you know, on the score sheet, which for guys like Frederick Lazar, who aren't really, you know, they don't really stuff the stat sheet, even if they're playing well, it's good to see them get rewarded and you hope that maybe it, get some building some traction, especially in the offensive zone. We'll get to uh, one of those bottom six guys who looked really good over the past uh, two games. But first, David Pasternak finally breaks out. Uh, great goal. I think that, honestly, it's funny. Like, I expect it to be like a power play one-timer that just yeah. zipped by the goalie. But I think it was almost better that it was one of those, like, in, working hard, hard on the forecheck, you know, getting second chances type thing. They're almost leaving the zone, grabs it, takes it to the net. Like, I think it's almost better that he scored that. And granted, he said after the game, you know, wasn't worried about uh, the slump at all. It had been it been since November 30th, but you also have to take into account the fact that they didn't play. They played like three in games in December. December. Yeah. yeah. You haven't scored this year yet, David yeah. Pasternak. Uh, but uh, how big is it for him? I mean, it's like, it's funny. Cassidy said earlier in the year when he was having trouble scoring, oh, you know, because it was after Bergeron scored the four goals, Cassidy uh, it was like, oh, yeah, well, Pasta will be the next one. And Pasternak wasn't the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it feels like maybe that time has come for David Pasternak to score a bunch of goals. Yeah, no, it's huge for for him and for the team where, I mean, it, would it surprise you over the next couple of games if he just goes on one of his, you know, heaters that we've seen time and time again where it's, you know, five goals in three games or what have you? Like, wouldn't surprise you at all. And I think, as you said, it's encouraging that he, you know, scored that goal. It wasn't like a... As much as I'm sure he would like it to be just a clean, you know, one-timer on the power play or what have you, the fact that he was driving to the net, like, you know, get a second effort chance and burying it, I think was really encouraging. And that's something that Bruce Cassidy said, you know, a few weeks ago, people asked him about whether he was worried about Pasternak. And he said no, because it's not like, I think for him, you hit like the panic button for Pasternak if he's like, you know, not engaged in the offensive zone, he's not getting shots, like he's getting shots, like he's doing things that usually when you got a guy with that skill level and that shot that usually the pucks are going your way just hasn't yet um and again you look at dude hit a million posts yeah a million posts crossbar even and there's been other times where he has just you know his execution just hasn't been there he had a chance on the power play against new jersey where he more or less just whiffed on it so you've had those as well it's not just been complete bad luck on his part but it's been a number of things so for him to you know break through by driving to the net keeping it simple and it's something that cassidy mentioned that He's been doing that a lot more recently. I mean, when Charlie McAvoy scored that goal against Detroit uh, off that feed from Hall, it was Pasta who was down low kind of screening Nedeljkovic. So you had that. Pasta was down low in that fluky, weird Carlo goal with like 20 seconds left. So he's doing, you know, it's not like he's, you know, going through the motions in terms of like, well, you know, I've almost scored 50 goals countless times before. I know I've got a great one time or I'm going to just – you know, I'm going to pull an Ovechkin and just hammer from the from my usual spot until they eventually go in. Like he's doing things to, uh, you know, generate high quality chances, make things a little bit easier for himself in the 
offensive zone when it comes to generating these looks. So I think for the Bruins, you're encouraged by that, that he's, you know, not just going through the motions and relying on just maybe his pure talent to eventually break out of the slump. So for him, whether it's, you know, his goal, you know, on Tuesday, or if it's more goals like that, where it's a tip, a rebound, all those things, whatever it gets him going is going to be key for him. Because again, you have to imagine that sooner or later, those, Usual chances he gets, whether it's, you know, on the power player from his usual kind of shooting lanes are going to be there and he's going to sooner or later convert on them. So who knows? I mean, you want to, you know, draw comparisons to Berger and his mini slump to open the year. Like sooner or later, they're going to play like, I don't know, Montreal next week and they're going to leave him open in, you know, in the the left circle and he's going to score two, three power play goals. Right. Like I feel like that's he's due for one of those. And for him to finally get on the score, she get rewarded for it. It only means good things, not just for his confidence, but for Bruins team that you have a lot of other guys pulling on the rope right now. When Pasternak gets back to his, you know, usual production, he's got a pretty scary offensive, you know, grouping right now. Yeah. And again, I mean, uh, it's funny, Cassidy, before the uh, coming back from COVID, switched up the top two lines, which I think is the smart move. Like, I, I, I we've said that for a while now. Like, if you want to get Taylor Hall going... You're going to need to, you know, put David Pasternak with him. And, and he even went so far as to put Eric Halla on that second line, which I think has worked out well. I've liked Halla, um, mm-hmm. on that second line. I don't think it's been bad. Um, do I expect him to be, as we said, you know, do we expect them to be David Krejci? No, but just do, just, you know, obviously Halla is not the main guy on that line. He's the third guy. Just do your job and you'll be fine. Not to be Bill Belichick here, but it's true. You know, just, just exist. Fight for pucks. Yeah, you know, hit open guys. Just it's exist. They, like they have like that huge whiteboard in the room and just writes like <laughs> exist for exist. The E in Eric right. Hollis stands for exist. Yes. yes. Just, just do enough to get Pasternak and, and Taylor Hall the puck, create some open space. I mean, as we said, you know, Pasternak draws attention. We saw it on the, um, and I said this on Bruins beat. Uh, I think it was the goal against, uh, Buffalo where, or, or no, it wasn't a goal. Taylor Hall took like a slap shot from <laughs> blue line with all that time. And it was like, dude, what are you doing? But like four Sabres came in on Pasternak. And it's like, you know, that time and space is created because those two are together. So I think, I, th- I think, you know, obviously a lot of people are saying, oh, it's three teams you're playing, you know. And by the way, the Red Wings aren't bad. Like the yeah, Red yeah. Wings are technically ahead of the Bruins in the standings. I don't know if they still are. They, um, they're not now. They're not but... anymore. They're not anymore. But they were for a little while. Yes. Um, and that's a good team. That's not like the Red Wings of the past couple of years. I think that's a, like a much better team. Uh, but still, the signs are pointing up. Because even when they're – even though some of the goals are fluky and the and the opponents are not the Lightning and the Panthers, it's still encouraging because those weren't there even when they were playing these teams earlier in the year. And you have these new top two lines, which look a lot better. The bottom six looks much better. I mean, Nick Felino, I mean, that Oscar Steen goal, where he, which we'll talk about in a second, knocked it off the top and then it went to the metaverse and did it. Um, even then, Nick Felino almost got credit for it. Like they're, they're scoring such fluky goals. Like five guys could take credit for the goal. Um, but anyways, we'll get into Oscar Steen in just a second, which is a pretty damn safe bet that Oscar Steen will be sticking in the Bruins lineup. But when we're talking, about good and safe bets. We're always talking about our good friends over at Bet Online. Right, you are, Evan. Listen up, guys. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our match to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get started. That's CLNS50. 
from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Stats. Speaking of Boston accents, how about Brian Kelly? Yeah, dropping fuck that, that dude. That dude, that dude stinks. I, some people were like, oh, maybe it's a joke. And I was like, that was not said as a joke. That was no. said completely serious. That dude's just like completely frazzled going down there. He probably thinks that like going to Louisiana is like going to like the Popeyes over by Fenway. Like, and it's, it's far from it, pal. So like you go from, you know, this, where's he even from? Chelsea? He's from like Chelsea, uh, right? I think so. I think, I yeah, he's, up. he's from Mass. I know that. So he goes from that to having like, sound like Caleb Crawdad on like that awful like introduction he had for the, the basketball game to then doubling down about Boston on having accents. Like, dude, literally like if you ask people like what's maybe the most discernible like accent, it's like probably either New York or Boston, right? 100%. Like, what do you do? 100%. You idiot. Like yeah. that dude just. Ugh. It, it Southern, hurts my, Southern's like, pretty, Southern's pretty discernible too, kind of yeah. like this, you know. I mean, yes. that sounds, that, sound we like all know molasses, that boy. Molasses, uh, yeah. spilling out your mouth. I love me some, uh, some, uh, Popeye's fried chicken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. I, I, I you did a better, you know what, you, you did a friggin' better job than Brian Kelly doing his, like, his introduction down <laughs> to the basketball game, so. I'll be yeah, real, I'll be, Kelly, I'm so ready to get some ready down here real soon. It's like, Brian, dude, shut up. Brian Kelly lost his fan banner captain privileges by disrespecting Ooh. the entire Commonwealth of Massachusetts. So, so yes. So you mentioned, you mentioned, you mentioned Chelsea. It is not Chelsea. It's Everett. (laughs) It's Everett. He's officially denied. He's denied access to the Texas Roadhouse in Everett now. (laughs) He can no longer show his face. Or Encore. He can't go to Encore. Yes, he can't go to Encore anymore. (laughs) He's done. No, I, I, I'm totally for banishing him from like any Massachusetts, uh, history or anything. I mean, ridiculous. By the way, I work in Atlanta technically, so I technically can do a Southern accent. That's like Mm -hmm. part of my thing. Part of my thing. I say y'all now, even though I'm working for my fucking. So so you're, so you're Brian Kelly as well. Yeah. The new Brian Kelly. I'm, I'm a Brian Kelly of Framingham. I'm a complete fraud. Um, I hope no one clips that. Anyways, uh, I loved Sarah's uh, reply to uh, Brian Kelly's thing that you had to go to REI the other day, which must have just put your tongue in a pretzel. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not fun to say it. It was one of those where I catch my or I catch myself and, and try not to do it now. That or uh, like uh, your your RA like on, on your dorm floor. Like I can't Ooh. say that. It's not fun. RA. Yeah, it's it's bad. <laughs> it's it's really really bad. So Brian Kelly, out of here. Speaking of the accents, it's funny. I, uh, last night I was going to tweet this and I didn't because I was like, eh, that's kind of lame. Um, but do you remember a few years ago they did like a funnier die skit with Tom Brady and like a oh, Dick yeah. Sporting Goods? Or he's like, Dicks, oh, yeah. you're from, yeah, if you're from Boston and he just clearly doesn't have an accent. I was mm-hmm. like, actually, this clip is not as funny as I remember it when I was watching it when I was like 14 years old. Um, that was like when but, like Brady started like actually like doing ads though. So you're like, oh, like Brady can do anything now. Brady can do an ad for like oat milk and I'll retweet it. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I got Ugg, when I was like, when I was like a freshman in high school, I got, got Ugg shoes dress shoes. Got- I, I got egg, Ugg dress shoes because Tom Brady got them. Honest to God though, they are so comfortable. I, I still mean, wear I, them. I, I believe it. Yeah. No, I mean like, complete corporate chill for that but uh so comfortable on the insides yeah no i mean it, it 
when your feet feel good, everything feels good. Um, anyway, speaking of feet, people are listening good. to this thing. Like, what, <laughs> what the hell is this? this how do they disrespect Ray Borg by go, talking about Uggs, Brian Kelly, and TikTok? That's all we've talked it, about. <laughs> that's pretty much been it. Um, anyways, Oscar Steen doing so much better uh, now. And I think Oscar Steen, it's funny. I've been getting a lot of people uh, messaging me and sending t- uh, tweets to me being like, why hasn't Oscar Steen been lined up for a while? And I always kind of go, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. Because he looked – he every t- and Bruce Cassidy mentioned this. Every time he's come up in the lineup, he's looked better and better. But they continuously try Carson Kuhlman there or you know they put other guys in different positions. But feels like with Jake DeBrus going on the COVID protocol list, this is like the time for Steen to shine. And it was pretty evident on uh, Tuesday night when he batted in that goal. But even past the goal, like I just think he compliments – uh, Coyle and Felino really well on that third line. But some people are saying he should be even higher in the lineup. Some people are saying he could even be a top six guy. I don't know how you fit him in there unless yeah. you move Craig Smith down. I don't know. I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, I think right now, even if you're just mapping out projections and like, you know, let's say you down the road, you deal DeBrusque for, we'll say as a package for a top six center or for a defenseman, like, if you're worried about like that vacancy left there in that third lineup when DeBrus is gone, I'm sure the Bruins have to be encouraged by what you saw from a guy like Steen in that third line role, right? Because again, it's great for him to get on the score sheet, get rewarded finally by getting that goal, even though it was a bit of an odd one. But beyond just that, I mean, you just look at just the, the eye test and the way he plays. I mean, it, he kind of fits with whatever kind of line combination you have on that third or fourth line because he plays pretty straight line hockey. Um, he led all Bruins forwards and hits in the game on Tuesday, which for some Bruins fans is like the ultimate, like, track mark, right? Like, so he's got that, like, you know, he's not the biggest dude, but he's still, you know, five, nine, almost 200 pounds though, but we'll throw his weight around. will be the first guy in on the four check. But I think you watch, you know, the rest of his game makes smart passes in transition. Um, you know, has, has a few clean entries, but also, in the offensive zone, when he's with a guy like Coyle, who, as we know, likes to hold on to the puck, possess the puck, wait for some of those chances to develop. You watch Oscar Steen, he's always like in between the dots. He's always like in the crease or he's always waiting for kind of like a one-timer look uh, in soft areas of the ice. So he does a great job at identifying that, which you have to imagine as he continues to feel more comfortable up at the NHL level. Like, I don't, I'm not saying the guy is going to be a 20 goal scorer, but if he, you know, over the span of like an 82 game pace becomes a, a productive third line guy that gets you 10, 12, 15 goals, like plays a straight line game, compliments guys like Coyle and Felino. It's a great, you know, development, not just for, for him, for a guy who's making the most of his opportunity, but for the Bruins. Like, again, we talked about how many times they've waited for some of these younger players to come up and develop and, and carve out a spot. Like, look at like a guy like Sidnika, right? Like, you have a guy in Steen who, at the very least, looks like a key cog, an everyday guy that you can put in the bottom six, which for the Bruins, where you desperately need any sort of younger guys carving out roles, looks like Steen's kind of making the most of the opportunity. And, you know, I don't know how you can kind of take him out of the lineup right now because, you know, we'll see what happens when DeBrus gets back. Maybe he slots back down to the fourth line. But from what you've seen from Steen so far, I don't really see any kind of like flaws or anything that needs to really kind of tweak in his game right now. Like he's making the most of his opportunity. 100%. No, and that's the thing. And I think it leads to the next question of, you know, Jake DeBrus requested a trade about uh, a month ago now, a little over a month ago. And it's like, well, when is this going to happen? You know, like, it, and obviously stuff's po- yes. come up, right? I mean, obviously the COVID stuff, there was the holiday roster freeze, the NHL kind of went on pause. 
like it's not like the Bruins have been like, oh, we're sitting on our hands waiting for the right trade offer. Uh, but I do think at the same time, this has to happen at some point. Um, and it's funny because Bleacher Report had an article on December 1st of the, the NHL trade block big board. Now, granted, you know, it, it's, it, it's one opinion, but they have Jake DeBrusque is actually like the number one rated, uh, potential guy to move at the deadline. I guess when, and I guess I, when everyone's announced that like, yeah, we're, we, we've requested a trade that makes it easier to. Yes. <laughs> That's a valid point. But I do wonder, yeah. you know, when do you start to like with, with DeBrusque? When does it become too late? When does it become, oh, he's one of everybody else? Because the, the allure of DeBrusque now is he's a guy who wants to be traded now. The Bruins are urgently looking for a partner now. And if you're a team in need of some depth-ish scoring, who a guy with high upside, this is your guy. But if you're going to wait until the deadline to move DeBrusque, then you're, you've got a lot of other competition that you might not get the best offer or an offer that you're getting it now. Uh, when does DeBrusque get dealt? Yeah, this I mean, like it's going on forever. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of a double-edged sword for the Bruins, who, granted, through this whole process, don't really have a lot of leverage anyway. But I could see, like, waiting for a better move. Because, like, right now, maybe it's just teams are only willing to give them, you know, a, a mid-tier pick and another, like, potential project or guide due for rebound season. Like, if you're the Bruins, like, you just look at some of these other teams that are trending downwards. Like, look at... Uh, Edmonton, how they've fallen over the last month or so. You know, if we looked at them back in Nove- like late November, early December when DeRusk first made the trade, it's like, well, no, they're fine. Like, what, what else do they need? Now all of a sudden they seem like they're desperate. Like when DeBrusque was not practicing on Tuesday, I think everyone's first reaction was like, oh, Edmonton had that horrible loss. You know, did they just pull a trade? Like, so if you're the Bruins, you're trying to, you're trying to get more leverage out of other teams. Maybe it is about kind of waiting things out and seeing what teams get more desperate as, they see a guy like DeBrusque who's got, you know, 20 goal potential if whether or not they eventually kind of concede in terms of what they want to give up or, or what have you. So the Bruins at this point, maybe it's the better call for at least the meantime. I mean, the trade deadline is not until March 21st, so they've got some time before it really kind of boils over. So whether it's waiting for a few more weeks for another team to come up short, maybe that's the best route. But I, I have to imagine they still want to move him sooner rather than later, but whether it's a, a team like Edmonton, a team like San Jose, who's kind of falling short now, where sooner or later you have to address the situation with Tomas Hurdle, where maybe, you know, a guy like DeBrusque is someone they covet as part of a larger trade, obviously. But from the Bruins now, where you're kind of waiting things out, I'm sure both the Bruins and DeBrusque especially would like to get this over with. But if you're waiting it out for a few more weeks, another month or so, you're giving a chance for DeBrus to build up his value once he gets back into the lineup and teams start getting more desperate. Maybe that's the best route to take in terms of getting a proper return for a guy that, as I think we've both said before, wouldn't surprise either of us. He goes to a new team and lights it up again, right? <laughs> yes. We've been saying this for a while now. Yes. I also do think that, uh, and I mentioned, I was talking about this on Bruins Beat by myself. Always fun doing a, you did a podcast alone. Yes. Uh, when I was on vacation. It's like you're just sitting there talking to yourself. It's just you yes. and the computer screen sitting there just chatting it up. Um, but I was saying how, you know, a package deal is the best for DeBrusque. And I, I understand, you know, the stuff for, you know, a struggling winger for struggling winger. Um, like who was the guy from Seattle that was mentioned a bunch? Um, Oh my like god! Who was that? A bunch in that boring there was team. it was it was Friedman who mentioned it first. It was um, oh my god, his name's escaping me. This is terrible. People are getting so angry. Um, but the, I, was, I've was, invested literally zero thought in that Kraken team over the last like week or so. So I've given. Oh no! 
I and even worse, I lost my Kraken sweatshirt. I don't know where it went. Like it's gone. I, I had a crack. You can't I even Kraken play from now. You might be able to play from at this point. That team stinks. I know that team blows. Um. But they had, they had a winger that was like mentioned in a potential DeBrusque for that person swap. Oh, Mason Appleton. Me. Mason Appleton. There it is. Boom. People, yeah. are, people can be happy now. But someone like him or Kyler Yamamoto's name has been thrown yeah. around a bunch. Um, I just don't see it. What's the point? You have enough struggling fringe wingers. Yeah. You don't need another. And, so, and you've got a guy like Steen who like very well could yes. slot into that third line role. You'd rather have a young guy in your own system who's cheaper develop and maybe become again like if you get like a guy like Yamamoto or uh or Appleton what's like their ceiling right like 30 point guy 10 15 goals maybe you hope Steen becomes that like maybe that's just jumping the gun for a guy with a small sample size but I think if you're the Bruins you'd much rather use a trade chip in DeBrusque as part of you know a larger package to get again guys we've said countless times before a hurdle a guy on defense like I, I think you'd rather do that and if a guy like Steen can kind of plug in that hole in that third line and be another productive middle six guy that can chip in offensively then maybe that's a a solid solution there to to replace DeBrusque in terms of just his spot in the lineup yes and one thing uh, about depth players is they're going to need him in this upcoming stretch five games in seven days starting uh, today Thursday uh, you got the wild then you go to Tampa then you go to Washington, then you come home against Montreal, you're then home again against Philly, and you're home, well, against Nashville, but that's not yeah. technically in the five-day, seven-day span, but it's still and, a game coming it's like up. A, and it's like a seven-game seven homestand, so yeah, the schedule ramps up. And they still haven't even announced where these oh, new yeah. games are going until, like, February. Like, you, you click ahead to February, and it's still nothing. Like, the show yes. is oh, I did I didn't even realize they're home a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> a ton. I didn't, I was just looking at the uh, opponents. I wasn't looking at the, I, I'm on a day to day basis here. I'm not looking at the, the time's a flat circle. Evan. Yeah. Time doesn't exist anymore. Um, but they are going to be jam packed with games. Um, which is why, again, I think there's a huge stretch for Oscar Steen where like you can carve out a legit role for yourself. Um, in these next few games, and I just, and also with the goaltending too, because January 12th is coming up soon, which is the date that they kind of had circle for Tuka Rask. So that's another thing we have to watch. So th- this upcoming stretch is going to be very, very fun. Lots of things uh, to watch for and, and, and games to watch. You know, it's funny. It's the complete opposite of December where we were kind of sitting at home December nights being like, what do, what do we do? Yeah. And now it's like, well, what don't we do? There's so many things to do. So um, anyways, uh, Connor, before we go, what can the people look forward to over at BSJ? Yeah, it's obviously been a very busy week. Uh, we've been breaking down all of kind of the, the key moments from the Bruins winning streak. We looked at secondary scoring, expectations for Oscar Steen. I'm sure we'll see uh, more guys get reps uh, going forward. I mean, there'll be plenty of takeaways from this whole entire hectic stretch, including what very well could be Tuka Rask signing at some point over the next couple of days, next week or so. Uh, if he's down in Providence, maybe we'll make a trek down to the dunk for that. Um, not the local Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, Rhode no, Island. We're going to, we're going to yeah. Dunks. <laughs> yes. We'll be live from Dunkin' We'll do another one from the Dunkin' Donuts parking lot again. But we'll have all that stuff over at BSJ. So please subscribe to bostonsportsjournal.com. Want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93 or follow me on TikTok at by Connor Ryan. By Connor Ryan. Um, yeah, the, <laughs> what a dunks. <laughs> what a dunks oh, yeah. for Duke uh, yes. uh, debut. Uh, anyways, yes, go do all that. For CLNSVD, I'm F. Baranowski. That's Connor Ryan. You poke the bear listeners. Have an awesome rest of your day. Mm-hmm.